Open the Word of God this morning to Romans chapter 6. Romans chapter 6. What a privilege, what a pleasure to be in the house of the Lord on the Lord's day with the Lord's people and open the Lord's Word and have the Lord's Spirit here with us, in us, around us, to teach us this day. We come out of the world and we come into this place to be with one another, to be reminded from God's Word of who he is and what he's done and what he will do and what he expects us to do. And it's a great privilege and a responsibility. Romans chapter 6 is a chapter that we probably turn to less than we should. It is a practical chapter. Some try to turn it into legal aspects of salvation or vital aspects, but it's practical. And I would like to read three verses out of the middle of this chapter. Verses 16 through 18. Romans 6, 16 through 18. Know ye not that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, his servants ye are to whom ye obey, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Being then made free from sin, ye became the servants of righteousness. And amen. This is a practical passage of Scripture. It's not legal what Jesus did on the cross. It's not vital what the Holy Spirit does in regeneration. It's practical on how we receive the doctrine delivered to us, how we respond to the gospel. One of my favorite verses in this passage to help us see that is verse 11, where it says, Likewise reckon ye also yourselves. Do some mental accounting, do some mental thinking, some logical reasoning as to what effect the gospel should have on you. And so I like the word reckon, which means account or count or impute in verse 11. Nothing to do with having Jesus Christ's righteousness imputed to us. It's our accounting ourselves of how we should respond to Christ. Because the chapter began with, what shall we say then? Shall we continue in sin that grace may abound? Romans 5 has the grace of God presented in the clearest and strongest language possible. So chapter 6 begins with the question, because there's so much grace, and where sin abounded, grace did so much more abound, shall we just take it easy? No. We should reckon that since Jesus died for us, we're dead. We're dead to sin, we're freed from sin, and so let's live to righteousness. And so it's a practical argument. Back to verse 16. Know ye not. This is a basic life principle that the Apostle Paul assumes that we all understand. That submission to a master makes you a slave. That when you submit to a master or you agree to obey someone, you become his slave. Know ye not, this is just basic thinking, logical reasoning, that to whom ye yield yourselves servants to obey, the master that you choose to obey, you become his slave. His servants ye are to whom ye obey. And the two options in this passage are either we obey sin and become a slave to sin, and the wages of sin is death. So it says, whether of sin unto death or of obedience unto righteousness. It's a choice to make obedience our master and we'll be the slave of God and the slave of obedience and it leads to righteousness 
and to eternal life because verse 22 tells us that. Where it says in the last part, ye have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting life. And this is the reasoning of Romans 6. A slave to sin will end up dying. As verse 23 says, the wages of sin is death. A slave to obedience will end up in righteousness and with a everlasting life, as verse 22 teaches. But the key point, and we would like to say it a few times today, but God be thanked. Amen. But God be thanked. Amen. But God be thanked. Right. It's all there in four words, right in the middle of this little passage. But God be thanked. Because it's God that changed our hearts to want to give up one master and run away and be the slave to another master. God made the difference in our hearts, but then we are supposed to respond to the doctrine, to the gospel, the preaching that he sends us. So in verse 17, but God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin. Now these Roman Christians had been slaves to sin and the excesses of the Roman Empire, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. You changed masters. You used to obey what everybody in Rome was doing, but then God changed your heart, and you have obeyed the doctrine that was sent to you about making God your master and becoming his slave. Right. And so it's a wonderful change that had taken place with them. Though we choose masters, and the text teaches us that all the way through, God moved us to do so. God changes our hearts by regeneration. Depravity is foremost in the heart. Depravity is not in the mind so much as the heart, unless you're using the word mind as a synonym for heart. Because our motives, our affections, our desires are where we're depraved. The intellectual capacity of a man before and after regeneration has not been altered in the least. Intellectual capacity. It's his heart, his motives, his interests, his desires, his goals. They're the things that change. And so it says to us in verse 17, But God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart. God changes the heart, and then we work it out. So the Bible says, in Philippians chapter 2, Wherefore, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God which worketh in you, both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Amen. To become a slave of God and a slave of obedience and a slave of righteousness, God changes our heart so that that happens. The gospel came to the Romans and they obeyed it. They heard the voice of Christ and they followed him which we're going to learn from John 10, 27. For it is God which worketh in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. We're now slaves to obedience and righteousness, and the end of such servitude is eternal life. And again, I want to show you verse 22. You know verse 23. We all memorize it as children. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. But back in verse 22, we're not looking at being a slave to sin and dying, we're looking at being a slave to God and our fruit unto holiness and the end, everlasting life. But, th but God be thanked for these changes. Freedom by our new nature and then the new life choices that we make. God made the change. And we're going to see that in John chapter 6 today. Jesus is going to explain when the Jews were pushing him 
and demanding of him to tell them plainly if he was the Christ or not. And he's going to tell them, I've already told you, and you didn't believe me. The works that I do, no matter what I tell you, the works that I do prove that I'm the Son of God, and you don't believe them either. But you don't believe, and there's a reason for it, because you're not of my sheep, as I said unto you. God changes the nature of his sheep, and they believe as a result. And so the gospel has come to us, and we want to be the slaves of God. But God be thanked for what he's done in our lives. We want to follow Christ. We want to be his disciples. It's a result of God's work in us. It's a duty of us toward God, and it's the evidence of eternal life. We want to be slaves of God, slaves to obedience. Do you like the idea of slavery? I love it. I love it. And you know, if you're a slave to God, then you're also his child by adoption. The slavery shows the evidence that we've been adopted because only the adopted sons of God want to be slaves to God. The rest want to be slaves to their lust, slaves to the world, slaves to the devil. They're happy to be in his palace, bound up in serving him. But we want to be in the house of God, and that's where we are this morning. And let's be his slave. Romans 6. Beautiful passage of Scripture. Verses 3 through 5 are Baptist favorites because it's about baptism. Why do we get baptized? Because we want to demonstrate by a visual symbol that we're dead with Christ. That isn't legal. That isn't vital. It's practical. We get baptized to show a resurrected life. That we're going to live in a new way. And so the The whole chapter reasons that way. May the Lord bless his scriptures to us. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, Lord Jehovah, creator of heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is beneath the earth, and all that in them is, we praise and bless your glorious and holy name. Almighty God, Our Father in heaven, forgive us in time past when our hearts led us and caused us and we freely chose to follow sin and be the slave of sin, the slave of your arch enemy, the devil, the slave of this world, and to follow the course of the children of wrath and the children of disobedience. We did it voluntarily. We did it willingly. We did it eagerly. We did it vehemently with zeal. We did it greedily. Have mercy upon us and forgive us. And we thank thee, Lord of heaven and earth, because we have just read words that mean much to us. But God be thanked, because you've made a difference in our lives. Heavenly Father, you chose us in Christ Jesus before the world began. You redeemed us on the cross of Calvary. You regenerated us in time by the power of the Holy Spirit. And you have sent the gospel to us. And because you changed our heart, we embraced it. We heard the voice of Christ and we followed him. And we want to follow him better. And Heavenly Father, we want to be your slaves. We know we're your sons. We know we're your sons. But Heavenly Father, the Lord Jesus Christ, your beloved son, your only begotten son, taught us that when we have done everything that is commanded and expected of us, We should say, we are nothing but unprofitable servants. We have done that which was our duty to do. 
And so, while we're sons, and we thank thee for the blessed privilege, and behold what manner of love you have bestowed upon us to be your sons and daughters, we also want to be your slaves in obedience. We want to do everything and anything that you expect of us. And this day, use our assembly by your word to rejoice in your work in our lives and and your plan of salvation for us and the working out of that salvation by Jesus Christ and our security in him and in thee. But Lord, help us to live with the evidence of being your children. Let us walk as dear children of yours. Heavenly Father, we pray that the word of the Lord will have free course and be glorified today. That every God-called man, everyone Jesus Christ has set apart to the ministry of the gospel, will declare it boldly and make it manifestly plain to his audience. Heavenly Father, we pray for the strict and particular Baptists of England and of Australia, that you will bless them and protect them and multiply them in their respective nations. We pray for the Reformed Baptists throughout the world, that you will lead them and guide them and direct them more perfectly into your truth. And where they preach today, O Lord, open their eyes, open the eyes of their ministers even while they're preaching. We pray for the Sovereign Grace Baptists and the Landmark Baptists of America, that you will be with them and bless them. We pray for the Primitive Baptists, Heavenly Father, that you will bless those men that are faithful to their calling and will preach to your people today. We pray for the founders segment of the Southern Baptists who are seeking to have a revival and a return to former ways and former doctrine of that organization that they might preach and separate their churches from the Arminian drivel that is all around them. We pray for John Piper, John MacArthur, Mark Devers, and others. We pray for men from Lao Sing Fu to Gary McDowell, and, and Heavenly Father, from Abwama Boanerges to Ray Euphra and Arnie Gamalong and Rommel in the islands of the Philippines. Right. Heavenly Father, lift up your gospel today by their efforts Amen. and bless it by your spirit. And may others who have had their hearts changed by the power of the living God receive the form of doctrine presented to them, and may they become your slaves as well. Let us be a kingdom of slaves in the world that love the Lord Jesus Christ and are willing to live and to die in the Lord Jesus Christ. Heavenly Father, be with us here. We thank Thee for Thy inspired and preserved scriptures. What would we do without them? We thank Thee for revelation. We know that by creation and by providence and by conscience that You exist. And by conscience, we know some of your will for our lives. But we thank thee for the revelation of Scripture that tells us in detail how we ought to live to please thee. Tells us in detail what you have done for us, are doing, and will yet do for us. And what you have in store for us. Tells us in detail about your Son, the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. We thank thee, Holy Father, For all that you have done for us, you did not leave us in our blind rebellion against creation so that we were without excuse. You came to us and regenerated our wicked hearts instead of giving us over to reprobate hearts. We thank thee, Heavenly Father. Be with us now as we pray, as we sing, 
as we fellowship, as we read your scriptures, preach them and hear them, bless our time by your spirit and by your word that it will bear fruit in our lives to thy honor and glory and the profit of this church. Be with our young brother that will present a psalm to us. And, O Lord, guide our hearts and our minds toward thee and heavenly things. Save us and deliver us from all the distracting, diverting cares of this life and the thoughts that so easily distract us and the sin and things that weigh us down and lift us up in the Lord by your mighty power that worketh in us. We pray these things in Jesus' glorious name. Amen. Amen.